0: Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTvspots.com. Round one, go. Yeah, I'm still rocking the turkey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Doug Bassler here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how many uh, trips did you go to the food by the way this is marty mcclendon and it's an, an unlimited Ford.
0: number but yeah there is an infinite there is an there is a limited amount of how much i can take in leftover land there comes that one time you get that you know whatever it is the 15th or the 14th plate and you go you know what i don't like turkey anymore i think i'm done now <laughs>
2: but,
1: Turkey sandwiches <laughs> turkey whatever yeah, make it,
3: yeah
0: yeah, but
1: on the day of, on Thursday, on Thanksgiving, I'm sure you yes. had a great time. But how of many uh, do you have? Like two trips, three trips? Is it thirty uh, trips? Where do you?
0: Again, no limit. Yeah, okay. And, and you, you got to count dessert in there. You got to count. Uh, you got to count how much stuffing. You got to count how much uh, pie. All that right. stuff too, right? You can't just count right. the, you know, the sit down at the dinner. Normally at dinner time, two plates. Just but they're big, you know, because right. you can't get everything on one plate. It doesn't all fit. So Thanksgiving is a good time to, to even it's also a good time to be thankful, you know, having all my kids over here and stuff like that, you know, being an empty nester as are you, yep. uh, it's kind of neat to have a house full and noisy and all that stuff. I can hardly wait for them all to leave again. So I can get some peace and <laughs> quiet. That'll be maybe tomorrow. But, yes, but you're uh, a
1: grandfather. Do you have any grandkids over uh, Thanksgiving by the way? Uh, no brother.
3: Okay.
0: I'm just well, asking I do. I do. They do their own thing. so um, well, I'll tell you,
2: my uncle, my Uncle Ray, uh, really just should have been a world-renowned character. Uh, you, you know, if you follow sports, you know Mike Wilbon, but uh, he's my first cousin. But his dad, Uncle Ray, he had this plaque in his uh, den, and they, actually in the guest room. And it said, fish and a relative stink after three days. <laughs> That's
1: funny. That's our guest today, Christopher King. That's awesome, though.
2: It's funny, you know, though.
1: It is Thanksgiving, you know, the, the post weekend. It has now, a whole now weekend. we have oh, to brother. put up
0: with uh, uh, the Vince Lombardi trio over and yep. over again. I have yep. probably heard uh, Linus and Lucy the song like eighteen times already today. I'm like, can you play something else? Give me some. Nice. Give me some nice. Michael Jackson. Santa Claus is coming to town. Give me some Bruce Springsteen. You know. Why do we have to listen to Vince Lombardi? No, or, I, I Vince, tell you Vince this. Giraldi, I, Vince Giraldi. Vince Giraldi.
1: Vince Giraldi. Brown, Santa. Right. I, yeah. My wife started watching Polar Express, Rudolph the red Nose Reindeer, uh, Frosty, Santa Claus Coming to Town, literally beginning of November. And that's when she's been watching them. They had them taped. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're ready. <On> tape. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, on DVD or DVR is that or whatever tape on tape. You're old. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel say, like is Biden that the now. stuff you
0: wrap a you wrap a present with or something. You
1: know, when uh, President Biden said on on the record player, right? Well, those are back. So have to take them yeah, back. Oh, right? My kids right, have right.
0: those. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Doug and Marty versus the world. Uh, so glad you're with us. I we can't figure out why you're with us on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I mean, isn't they this can't so- move, brother? Yeah, that's true. And, uh, <laughs> I got
2: nowhere else to
0: go. I got nowhere. I'm going to sit here and listen to Doug and Marty because I have no life. No, um, <laughs> our guest, Christopher King, you know, it's been a long time since we had uh, Chris on the show, but he he would be the ultimate loose cannon citizen journalist. I'm going to make trouble for people for hiding stuff that I've ever met. And, uh, you know, Marty, I know a lot of troublemakers mm-hmm. out there that, that cause, uh, those in power that shouldn't be doing what they're doing trouble. But yes. Christopher King is the, he is the man, but he keeps getting in trouble. And he wanted to come on today and tell us all about his latest Ooh. <laughs> we love fighters.
1: We love people that expose the truth. And of course, you and I have talked many times before we get to Chris here um, about how smart our good friend Glenn Morgan is. He yeah. likes to stir up the harness nest, expose corruption and fraud and, and write about it and tell about it and so forth. We talk about how smart he is, but even off the air, we're talking about Chris is one of those guys where we say, all right, can you talk down to our level so yeah, we can Chris, understand what you're trying to say. Please
0: make it so Doug and Marty can understand <laughs> Now you're not actually an attorney, right, or, or are you?
2: Oh, dude, I'm very much an attorney.
0: Okay, you I'm are an attorney.
2: An attorney. Like I'm not licensed. But I've been an attorney for thirty years.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like you have this law mind thing going on, right? And um, so let's 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 start off with your latest escapade. You found yourself in court again.
2: Which which is where
0: you like to be, I guess.
2: No, that's just it. So you guys have the cart in front of the horse. Yep. I don't cause trouble. Okay. They cause the trouble. I just report it. Yes. So having worked for a Daily Press and, and edited a weekly newspaper in Ohio before I even went to law school, that's what I do. So I'm like this dual threat to them that they can't stand.
1: Not only do you find out about it, you can actually tell them where they're doing something wrong, but you also get it out to the public and say, this is what's going on,
2: right? well, I used to, yeah. but you know, I've got 6,500 uh, uh, subs on my uh, YouTube channel, but guess what? My sub list has gone, like in the last couple of years, they really found a way to hit me and dummy me down. So now I put up videos, only my hardcore followers see them, they've dummied it down. We all knew this would happen. They finally found the algorithms the right way to get rid of me, basically, and, you know, they can just evaporate you, which is why I'm so happy that now I'm in a position to leapfrog that because we can't talk about this. Like I told you, I right. have Hollywood stuff pending and they know it, which is why they really hate me right now. But again, with Hollywood stuff, the best thing to tell you until it's signed is don't say nothing. You'll mess it up. So
1: but I know this you know, is not the subject of the, today's show, Doug, but that right there, we've been seeing it at every level, every conservative commentator, people that had... Uh, Hundred million followers, or thirty million followers, or whatever it may be, that right now their posts have been silenced. Where it's like one tenth of what it used to be. So. I,
0: yeah, hey, and it's my like- my my followers cut in half, brother. I went from fifteen to seven. Ridiculous. <laughs> Couldn't figure that out. Then I found out that they talked to my sister, and she filled them in on me. So that I don't think it was an algorithm. I think it was yeah, well, a, a relative. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> what they're doing is, and it, it doesn't like for me because you can't put me in a pigeonhole. I mean, I'm basically libertarian, but we talk about that. But you, they can't put me in a pigeonhole. It's whether or not you question the establishment in any way. So, yeah. Then they'll come after you. It you're in the fri- you're. You're freedom. I'm in freedom. I'm in t- talking about like the, the, the truths of what went on, which we'll get into now yep. with the, the cannabis industry and why that judge did what she did. Like I say, uh, as we discussed pre-show, I'm going to tell you guys. The the, the, the the microcosm of what just happened in court and then the macrocosm, the worldwide view.
1: And, and why it matters to our listeners, right, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, right. before we get there, I have a question, a quick yeah. question, I'm gonna throw you off just a little bit, is how do you choose, how do you choose, brother, um, what you jump into? Because there's all kinds of corruption, there's all kinds of fraud out there. There's all kinds of things you could be like, hey, you are a dirty, rotten scoundrel and you're doing this. You know, is it just something? That, oh, look, this is bad. I'll investigate this, or do you choose?
2: It finds me. Okay. You know, uh, yeah. The case Leco Candy. I can talk about that one. That one's definitely we're going to be inking that soon. That case involved uh, Bodie Miller, the skier, his cousin. I when I lived in New Hampshire, I you know played around the tennis camp up there that they're part of, and I found out that he had shot a very bad cop. And this cop is implicated in a lot of things. And this so-called passerby picks up the cop's gun, executes Leco. It's, it's unbelievable, right? And I'm like, and then they cleared it up in, in like um, 36 hours. Clean the whole thing up, I'm like, wait a minute. You can't, it's a double homicide right here. You can't clean up a jaywalking ticket in 36 hours. And it was Kelly Ayotte, this time it was a Republican doing the dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dems do it too. But so anyway, uh, 14 years later, this happened 14 years ago. And now we're finally dealing with a production company that appreciates me, appreciates what I do and what my partner does. And we're going forward, so that's all I can say about that. But uh, it just finds me, and I—I I mean, some cases I don't. It's there's a vibe sometimes. There's a temporal nature to it. If I'm too busy with what I'm doing in life to take it on, uh, but with this particular issue here, that's that we're going to talk about, which is—I'm um, uh, going to go in reverse for a minute. It's what happened with cannabis, and what they've done with cannabis to get rid of blacks and to also oppress the entire community of cannabis. But that's another story, but we're going to talk about that in the microcosm and what happened to me in my lawsuit where I was seeking public information from the city of Seattle uh, in a lawsuit, I guess, should I just roll right into it? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. You know me, I'm not too shy. So uh, what happened was in 10 years ago, there was a number, there were a number of Blacks involved in the medical cannabis industry here, okay? okay. Legal, legal. And so, the fees were out, probably 25 to 35%, you know, they were there, all right? And then- well, And for law-
1: our listeners' sake, the medical marijuana was legal a long time before it was legal for public sale and, and legalized marijuana. yeah recreation. Yeah, recreation. Pre- drugs, yeah.
2: Yes. Right. Well, but I, I go even back further than that because uh, there's a thing called a brandeis brief one of our uh leading supreme court justices Louis brandeis he said you know like sunshine is the best disinfectant all right mm-hmm. so so i'm paraphrasing but i'm pretty close to it right so yeah. a brandeis brief is something that uh takes into account things that happened before and shows you the historical context so
0: mm-hmm. when i
2: argued this case keep in mind i went back 100 years i went to at least i used to live in a, uh for a while i was uh i had some housemates i was living in a tantric house that was also centered around tantra and uh, social justice. And it was named the Greenwood House because it was on Greenwood Avenue. And Greenwood is where Tulsa happened, where you had independent Blacks on Black Wall Street, Blacks minding their own business, doing a libertarian thing, legal, prosperous, and then they got killed, murdered, taken out. And the government did nothing about it. So it was like, wait a minute, why are you doing this? Why are you taking this from us? And that was 100 years ago. So now we flash forward to the so-called progressive Seattle era, right? (laughs) right? And by the way, my family has roots in Seattle since the 50s on both sides, okay? So, yeah, I'm not going to describe those roots because I don't need to get talk about who my family is or whatever. But, yeah, I've mm -hmm, I've been here, all right? So uh, next, what happened was they – how can I describe what happened? Okay, so – Look, it, we'll go right back to it then. So there were the black dispensaries and they were doing just fine. Everything's great. And one such dispensary was the Game Collective. And the Game Collective got busted right before I moved here in like 2012, right? Okay. Beyond Corbre, consummate professional, okay? He's also in the media as well. But Beyond Corbre was a consummate professional. He had three stores, right? And one of them was right near where I ended up living in Shoreline. And what there was a, a memo out at the time Called the Ogden memo, which I did not know about till later. But the Ogden memo said, "Feds should not interfere with state cannabis if it's legal medically." Later on, that became superseded uh, or augmented by the Cole memo, which said you should not interfere with recreational. But before the Cole memo, there was an Ogden memo. Got it? Got so it. What Kim Durkin did when she was federal prosecutor—this was years before I met her on a, on a, a journalist assignment. What she did was. She came in with Lombardi, that guy. He's a federal prosecutor, his son. Ben Lombardi's son federal a prosecutor. Okay. And then one other one. They came in and they went up to Breon. They had, and i got video of this stuff up, guys. I can send you the link later so people can see the video. They did a, a, a they started a documentary on it. But they raided the place, turned him into a felon, said he was running drugs with the disciples out of Chicago, uh, said he was running a cartel. And what they did was they aggregated, they, 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 they aggregated, the amounts he could have like three pounds in each store at one time or one pound in each store but what they did was they aggregated it in an attempt to make him look like a felon and this was Jenny Durkin and then so,
1: was she the current mayor at that point in time then
2: no 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 she was you federal prosecutor oh prosecutor got it okay yeah 10 years ago 11 years got ago it. right got it. so so that's what happened and then even told uh, Mr Corbray look if you if you say in the plea bargain he had a public defender you know like and they didn't have enough money to, because they took all the money and all the assets. Oh, so court right, Rated mm-hmm. it, and goes, hey, it. Yeah. you know, bought their nieces and nephews some nice cars and shit, you know, and stuff. So, excuse me. And so, um, there's no effectual basis for what I just said. This is my opinion. So um, I'll <laughs> say what is my opinion. Okay. So anyway, so uh, yeah, and they they had no assets, so of course he's got to get a, a public defender. So then, with the public defender, it told them is like, look, they send black boys to prison. All right, and he had a family trying to make him into a rogue. The guy's raising four children, he's always been with the same moment forever. He's like the antithesis of for, for me. I mean, I kind of go from relationship to relationship. I mean, I, I think I've been a, a woman the longest time for like six years. He's you been know, the same moment, like I don't know, like 25 years, you know what I'm saying? You know, so so I mean, like they made him into like this person that he wasn't. And it's the same way they're making me into something that I'm not. And so let's get right to what happened. We sent a letter, Brian and I, and another guy named Aaron Barfield, who's a, a black um. Cannabis uh, professional, too, sent a letter to Jenny Durkin about a year and a half ago, something like that, right? We asked for a meeting with her since we're now in the equity era, right? And Brianna is able to have a new facility in medical. And, and so here's the thing keep in mind, we went from 25 to 35% in Seattle to zero, 0% ownership in recreational cannabis now for Blacks, all right? There's a reason for that. And it goes, harkens back to Wall Street. I mean, I wrote my brief. You know what I kept saying in my brief, guys? No, Negro, you can't have that. You know? that's, right. that's, not, that's not a libertarian construct. Libertarian says, get yours. Can I help mm-hmm. you? Can you help me? That's not a libertarian construct. Libertarian construct says, get as much as you can legally. And we, we, you're going like, to leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Let's help each other if we can.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and, and so this is you know, what, what Durkin did was so foul. And she told him, if you speak about it, she took his voice away, which is ties into what I'm about to get you right now. She took his voice away and said, if you talk about it, you're going to prison. So now we come to this lawsuit where, since they ignore Durkin and City Hall ignored us, all right, even though I used to run videos for City Hall, anyway, whatever, they ignored us. And then I said, I want every discussion, I want every piece of paperwork that resulted from our request. And now I had sued City Hall similarly three years ago when I asked for all the mortgage stuff from them and they didn't give it to me. And they settled with me then. It wasn't a lot of money, it was like three grand, whatever, but they, they knew they, they had, had run foul. And we also know that Dirk is being sued now by the Seattle Times for not producing text messages, which I asked for and never got.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We also know that a year ago, Art West sued uh, uh, City Hall, for skirting the Public Records Act. They said I was in for like 35K. All right. This is a fact. So they hired the same firm that was defending against me, which they paid 30 grand so far, right? 30 mm-hmm. grand instead of just having Mayor Durkin talk to us. Right, what, what's up with that?
1: Well, why do you have to hide, right? And so this we is. Hide. Right. So you get to l- A little break here for, for a second. This is what we've seen at the national level and the state level. Whenever someone wants to investigate, Uh, a a public records request, Mm -hmm. something that they either destroy evidence, whether it be voting machine evidence, whether it be evidence here at the state level, whether it be records, oh, we can't find those. Um, They make it difficult, but they don't want you to have the information, even though that you have a legal right to it. And so they better at some point in time, pay you off, to make you go away. So the truth doesn't come out. So they
2: found a way this time to get rid of me without paying me off. And yeah, I'll tell you guys, I think I filed, In the past 15, 18 years, I think I've filed about nine Public Information Act, you know, uh, requests, yeah. Appeals. And I'd I'd say about four or five of them went to litigation. I've won almost all of them. I've lost like, this is like the second one I've lost. All right. And even the the, the one, the other one I lost in New Hampshire, some noted legal scholars I found out, they went back and said that the court didn't do it right. So really, I've really lost one, this one. So, and it's so crazy. So what they did was, Dirk had never had to answer anything. All right, so there's a legal maxim that says, if in discovery you ask for something that is reasonably calculated to lead to evidence admissible at trial, you should get it in discovery. Now, after you get it, there's a thing called a motion in limine where they can say, oh, it doesn't come into trial, whatever. But we're just dealing with it at the, at, the, at the outset. What am I entitled to know? So I asked... What did when did Mayor Durkin see the letter requesting a meeting and what did she do now that is clearly reasonably calculated to lead to admissible evidence because whatever she did as a public official has to be documented she's a public official.
0: That's right. So
1: if, she, if her, her secretary gave her, secretary, her assistant, uh, whoever, mm-hmm. walked the letter into her office, and she went, eh, "I'm not talking to Chris," and throw it in the, in the trash can, mm-hmm. is that documented? Or is that something she can't? You do that?
2: Uh, it should be documented. I received okay. the letter. Okay, yep. and I yep. threw it out. I said, to yep. hell with this guy." All right. So 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 here's the other thing too. I also found out. I also asked them. Because there was another person in the community named Emily Rose, I think Emily something, but anyway, she wrote in and she said, "Hey, you've got a problem with equities and cannabis, equitas equity, cannabis equity. You've got a problem with cannabis equity, and you need to do this, this, that, and the other." It was it was another civil rights complaint, uh-huh. and, and I saw. I asked her, "What did you do res- with respect to her letter?" Nothing. So I said, then I said, "Hey, tell me what your." I asked them in discovery. In in the court case, they wouldn't answer it. So I asked them in a public records request, "Give me your protocol for handling a civil rights complaint in this so-called progressive town." Mm-hmm. They have none. Mm-hmm. There's no traceability. If you write a civil rights complaint to them, there there there's no there's no traceability.
1: It's all that's all lip service, as we've talked about. Lip service, yeah. right?
2: Mm-hmm. And I busted them. So 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 all right. So now let's get to the nugget. Because the viewers are wondering what happened, you know. I, right. I meant to say it right at the outset, but here's the nugget: we're in a hearing on their motion to dismiss, and which they won. Or it was mostly for summary judgment, whatever, which they won. Which as I've already put in a motion to reconsider. All right, but at the outset, I had put in a notice of media coverage, stating that I'm going to video this myself, and I'm I'm going to video this myself. All right, so I get a notice the morning if I put this in, like weeks before the hearing right then the morning of the hearing i get an email it says oh the judge wants to have a conference before the hearing and there's a video the you can see on my facebook page where i'm like oh the, i start the video rolling and like, oh the judge wants to have a meeting about the video and i'm like i don't know what there is to say i mean i've shot video here professionally in these courthouses houses before for profit mm-hmm. so, uh, i met mayor Durkin when i was working for a company called i am on location I met her in 2017. I interviewed her. That video, I had posted some of it. I thought she was nice until I found out otherwise. But so anyway, uh, she tells me, the judge, Judith Ramsayer. she tells me during the hearing, I'm not going to allow you to do anything with the video that is not journalistic. And as we were talking pre-show, what does that mean? Like, if, if somebody told you that, and it's also, by the way, she never put it in writing. Was well, she, you know.
1: Was she yeah, inferring that you couldn't use it for evidence in some future trial, in some future case? She thing. would be
2: implying. Uh, what yes. I'm doing is inferring. Yes. But, but, but the thing is, we don't know. Right. Because it's so vague. So here's the right. nugget of the, uh, the analysis that the viewers need to know. This judge restricted a First Amendment and free press right that I have. Pursuant to, there's a case, of Obsidian versus Cox in the Ninth Circuit about uh, eight years ago. Crystal Cox, she was a blogger who actually defamed someone, but the court in the Ninth Circuit still ruled that she had the same rights, privileges, and immunities of the press.
3: Mm-hmm. Then you
2: have Citizens United,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which I, I put forward a Yale uh, analysis of that, which basically says that the ability of someone to make a documentary using courtroom footage or using, you know, historical events, the ability to make a documentary about that or a docu-series, that's the sine qua non of what journalism is. Whether you be, lost me there. Yeah. Whether it be for profit or not.
1: Got it. Okay. okay.
2: And so for this judge to tell me that, I mean, she was just basically trying to limit me from making money off of Jen, the, 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 horror story that is Jenny Durkin. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to have it. So I just, I, I straight out just ignored her. So, so here's the thing. You can't, uh, although I have not made money off of this yet, the point is, is that, well, there are many points, but the point is that uh, a court speaks to its entries. And by that, if I tell you a court speaks to its entries, what do you think that means? Let's play, I'm the law school professor now, and I tell you, a court speaks to its entries. There he what goes again. Yep. What do you think that means? <laughs> He's teaching us no stuff.
0: <laughs> you know, I didn't know what pro se meant until Chris King told me. Wow. So I, I have a question for you, Chris. Well, is, let me tell you what it means. Let me tell you okay. what it means. Important. Does that mean that they have to have it written down? Bang. There we go. Hey, come on. I could be taught. I'm not as brilliant as you, but court <laughs> hey. entry. That sounds right. You got to enter it into the record. Right.
2: Right. Put in the record. So whatever she said to me, and then I'll give you the analysis. Okay. So, when, when, when a restriction comes out like that, and it, it's, a, it's a restriction against the freedom of the press or First Amendment, as we talked about pre show, you got these categories, which you guys know them. Let's talk about the only restrictions. One of them is defamation. Mm-hmm. What are the other ones?
1: Can't be on fire in Fighting a theater.
2: Yeah. Fighting words and, and right, inciting to riot, mm-hmm. things of that nature, right, and trade secrets. Mm-hmm. That's it. You got like four categories. Okay. None of which I've reached. And in defamation, like I told you, I said, you know, I think Jenny Durkin's a waste of ectoplasm, and I'll say that. But it's not defamation. This is my opinion. You know, and she could think I'm something too. She could say whatever she wants to say about me. I'm arguably a a limited public figure with respect to this. She could call me all kind of names. I don't care. That's her. That's her right. Mm-hmm. What she can't do is, is is have this influence over judges, where in a non-written order, I'm told that I can't use my video for something that's not a journalistic purpose. Just get out of here with that nonsense.
1: So I, I know where you're coming from. What you're saying here is what kind of discretion does each judge have Mm -hmm. on that? Is it just, is it carte blanche that anybody can film or do they can't? The national cases right now, we saw two recent cases where Mm -hmm. both were self-defense. One was convicted. One was acquitted. And then we have a third case going on now with Gislaine Maxwell national level, and it's not yeah. televised. No, no okay. cameras allowed. So I'm just curious. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, you know those that Jazane Maxwell thing that I have not read that decision, but like something like this, this is. uh I do want to read that. By the way, thanks for sharing that with me. Okay, but for, to come out of the box on this one right here, there you're talking about some high level information with Jazane Maxwell. Okay, mm-hmm. you know there are obviously there, there's arguably like. You know, international security at stake with Jazane Maxwell. All mm-hmm. right, this is man, there's no international. It's not the same thing. But yeah. <laughs> this is some Podunk stuff in a Podunk town. All right, but it's a bigger issue than that, though. What what has been done with cannabis and minorities and what they've done? You know, cannabis is the biggest. It's it's it is outclassed liquor by far. And so nine years have gone by, and they're still wrestling around trying to figure out how to give some blacks some licenses in in, in Seattle. There are zero, and I, I'm one of the guys. I pointed it out when they did Sean Kemp Cannabis.
3: Mm-hmm. So some
2: partners of mine, they know Sean Kemp. I never met him personally, but it's mm-hmm. nothing personal against him. I put on a press release that blew up for a minute until they found out it was me. And I said, you know what, Sean Kemp Cannabis is five to ten percent owned. It's not black owned. Let's stop the BS.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a uh, that's a brand. It's a brand. Yeah, it's not a an brand. owner. It's not a, you know, and, yeah,
2: and I'm glad for Sean. He got a slice of the pie. But was it It'd take an international like? You know, uh, a celebrity like Sean Kemp to get five or
1: ten percent. Well, yeah, that's, that's a, a little bit more on this. Doug and I have had other guests on the show talking about inner city um, Seattle over the last forty years and seeing the scene of housing. When you have a council for literally uh, Democrat control for almost forty years, mm-hmm. the policies that basically, mm-hmm. like you said, we're in this, this period of time where we're all about diversity, equity, inclusion. We're all about you know um, making things right. And yet you have uh, literally the lowest amount of home black home, home ownership in Seattle in history. You've yeah. got, you know, yeah. So you're thinking oh, well, something's wrong with your attitude here. So even business ownership, whether it be cannabis or other businesses,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if, if, talk. if minorities talk, talk, can't talk. get there, it's talk, it's lip
0: service. It's like you said and with, with the, the civil rights, the civil rights process, right? You have a complaint. It's talk, talk, talk. There's no process. There's nothing. That's right. can and, and, and
2: many of my peers would say, and like, I'm not going to drop it right now, but We call that an anti-end machine. Got it? Yeah, Got it. Got it. All right. So here's another thing. So now let's go back to the analysis, just so everybody knows that I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, And I'm going to give you guys some education, too, which we went through before uh, we started the show. So when there's a restriction on a a fundamental right, which the First Amendment is, freedom of the press, freedom of speech, all that, okay, that has to be, uh, there has to be a compelling governmental interest to do it, number one. All right. So you can find no compelling governmental interest to keep me from like posting that video of a court hearing that's public. She even said, Oh, we've got a, we're going to post it on, on on YouTube ourselves. We'll get to that in a minute. So there's no compelling governmental interest to stop me from like using that. All right. Mm -hmm. Except they just want to shut me up. Okay. But, but that's not a a legitimate, you know, governmental interest. So that's number two, after the fact that she didn't even put it in writing. Okay. So that's, that's dead bang loser right there. All right. It's a non-starter bagel. All right. So you have that, then you have the non-compelling governmental interest, there isn't any. Then uh, it has to be narrowly tailored as well, okay? Which it isn't because it's like, the only thing the court can tell me to do with respect to that footage is not to defame anybody and not to incite anybody to riot and not to use fighting words, but that's already the law. I know the law. You know, if you look up, uh, I mentioned earlier before we were Air, Folks, look up the case of uh, State v. Lesson, L-E-S-S-I-N, out of Ohio, the flag burner. I was Terry Gilbert's law clerk. You had gold rotatory on that case. And the way it works, guys, is the law clerks in law school, we do all the work. The lawyers give you the direction, and they tell you what they want. But the law clerks, we had access to Lexis and all that. We do the work. I wrote half that brief, all right? And it, it got overturned because she was a flag burner, which, for the record, I don't necessarily agree with. I would never burn a flag, all right? But unless she's inciting to riot, she's legit, and so that got overturned in the state of Ohio. And then I've also won civil rights jury trials based on the First Amendment. All right, that was my thing, and so, dude, to deal with what I'm dealing with now is just annoying. It's, It's it's. it's, 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 it's legally repugnant. It's morally repugnant. It's just, it's it just so conscience. I
1: have a question another a follow-up question then. Do you think this judge does this on a regular basis? Does she single you out um, based on your reputation or did she single you out based on your skin color or, you know, all those things. Is this something that it happens regularly to people that ask questions or is this something specific?
2: That's a fair question. Yeah. It is a mix Of things, I have no question that the way I've been treated before and the way I've been treating the courts, it is a mix of my ideology, uh, my intellect, and, you know, the fact that I'll push it because, you know, I didn't have kids. All right. I got four motorcycles out there and a dog. Those are my kids. All right. (laughs) So I don't give a crap what somebody's saying to me. Like, what are you gonna take my family away? No. Well, actually, somebody did kill my last dog. And they covered that up. Oh, the lawsuit was horrible. We, well, she's one of the, was one of the highest settlements ever. In the state of Washington, for a killed dog, Adam Carp, Adam Carp is an animal lawyer. He's the best. He and I worked together. We handled that, and my ex and I still talk about that. Just, it's just, you know, unbelievable. So anyway,
0: that's low.
2: That's I just low, love man. His dog man, that's way not cool. Way that, way that, way that unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So anyway, so you guys might have seen Pepper earlier. So anyway, that's could, there's Libby, Libby the there Wonder Dog.
0: Oh man, come on.
2: Yeah. Anyway, so uh you know, so, uh, you know, it's a mix. Okay. Like I say, it is not strictly because I'm black. It's not strictly because I'm going against the system, but I see, um, I've seen white guys get shut out of court too. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But I, there's this another level. It's one of those things like uh, Kyle Rittenhouse said, you know, God, what if I had been black or what if I had less resources, you know, what would have happened then, you know? So it's, it's, it's still out there. It's an issue. But anyway, so to return to the, uh, mm-hmm. the analysis, so we got the no compelling governmental interest, mm-hmm. we have it not narrowly tailored, then the other part is it can't be overbroad or under-inclusive, all right? And these two concepts kind of dance around, all right? But you get it, overbroad, under-inclusive. So the, the most fun one is the fact that it's under-inclusive, because think about this. The judge said it's going to be on our Facebook page, I mean, on our uh, YouTube channel. I haven't found it yet, but let's assume our UNO know that it is. So it's sitting there and uh, let's say somebody decides that they're looking around YouTube and they want to make a documentary about first amendment cases. So they see that video up there and they're like, Oh, wow, that looks interesting. I want to, I want to, I'm going to use that for a documentary. All right. I want to submit it to, you know, whatever channel. Okay. And they do it and they get paid, but wait a minute. There's not a problem for them because the judge didn't give them any order. Got it.
1: There's no, there's no like rights to, uh, you can't borrow this. There's no like disclaimer saying you this have to a get public hearing. Ah, okay.
2: Yeah. 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 And my buddy, Ann Continelli, she's out. We, 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 we worked on a case in Boston. I was the first videographer. I had a radio show in Boston and it was about this guy named Daryl Jones. He says, Daryl, Daryl Jones, innocent blog spot. That's my blog. Um, I helped expose his wrongful uh, conviction like 10 years ago. Finally, it was so crazy. They defamed his girlfriend. And I got her lawyers. They sued the hell out of them for that. Collected like half a million. They said she was having sex with inmates. It was crazy. All right. That, and I've been, it was crazy. I mean, that, that was Boston Herald. Okay. So then um, I did a radio show about that. Then it started blooming out and blooming out. Eventually she got the innocence project involved with Darrell's case. He got out uh, after 32 years of wrongful imprisonment. All right. They, they tried him again. The jury was out for one hour. Okay. By that time, Ann Continelli was working. They were the, they're, they're high-end videographers. I mean, I'm like, I'm pretty okay with what I do, but they've been handling it now. So she and I work together. That's what they do. They shoot videos in courtrooms and then they, they work with Netflix or whoever they're working with to sell them. That's what journalists do. Right. Uh, you mean and journalists then, I need to, uh, I mean, like what, you know, what, what's the issue here?
0: Jur- journalists so, need to pay their rent and eat and stuff. <laughs> yeah,
2: make yeah, a yeah. living. Yeah. So, so then she goes, and then, and then, so, I love it. And then she goes, and I go, and they go, dude. Anyways, so, anyway, so then she goes, so what if Ann, what if Ann says, okay, I want to make a documentary about this? And she, she finds my video uh, with the court on YouTube, and she makes a video and, and sells it to Netflix with a segment from that video. Well, guess what? If the intent was to keep that, that video for making money for someone, if that was the intent, then it's under-inclusive because you've let somebody else do it get it
1: got it if she can then everybody else can right i get it okay
2: it's just it's so asinine what happened so get this so i write a couple of black folks that i know oh you need to know this you need to know this beloved so the judge who had issued when i when i I, when i go to court i always send a notice of media coverage first i don't have to do that you know uh Como They just call and say, hey, by the way, we're coming down. Show me the spot in the corner where I'm going to sit. Boom. right? But I do it anyway just to make the record. And in that record, I use a decision by a guy named uh, Frank E. Cuffbertson, a brown brother who was judge of the year in Washington. In 2012, he heard a case in which a media company who were not reporters, it was a movie company wanted to come into his courtroom to, to video something and make a movie about it. He said, fine, it's an open courtroom. Just don't disturb the peace. Do your thing. Get out, make your movie. Duh. All right. So now if there's a reporter there though, okay, now this is a fine line. If there's, if a journalist is there, the camera, they can have a one camera rule, but that that journalist has to make the video available for a media pool. All right.
1: Okay. So you're there. Yeah, got it. Got and,
2: I, and, I, and, this is, and I told the judge during this hearing, I said, I'll make it available for a media pool. Now I have been commended. I forgot about this in my briefing. I got commended after judge Rumbaugh slammed me. There was another judge that I went in front of and I have him on the record. Um, and I was working with the guys from Liberty Alliance on this one too, but this judge commended me on my knowledge of the law and of the fact that I knew to make Video available for media pooling. I have it on a, on a YouTube cha- tape. It's just video. It's, I'm old too. I have it on YouTube, and he said that. So like, I'm like, so who is this judge now to just disregard it? Because when I told her about Cuthbertson's decision, which was attached to my notice of media coverage, when I told her about, she says, "Well, I disagree," and I'm like, "Okay, well, okay, I disagree, but." What's your legal basis for disagreeing? <laughs> you want to protect Jenny Durkin? Because that's not gonna pass constitutional muster. You, you know, we do
1: different? we do live in a state where a governor thinks he has the he's God or the pharaoh and dictates vaccine mandates and dictates a certain businesses can be open, other businesses can't, and we don't need the legislature. So I understand there's a little bit of this king things going on here. Go ahead. Well,
2: let's move on to let's move on to <laughs> yeah. Jay. Okay, get this. Oh my buddy Jay, right? So let's move on to Jay. All right, uh, there's another lawsuit out there, right? It's me and John Novak and Sinjo Raylene Hall. This lawsuit ties in with the fact that Inslee and uh, Ferguson have basically let the liquor and cannabis board usurp the authority of being police officers, like peace officers, but mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're not. And I can't get anybody to cover that case. All right, it's out there, like. I've got inside people at LCB who give me information. They they participate in federal programs uh, involving forfeiture monies and stuff that they probably shouldn't be participating in because they're not a bona fide law enforcement agency. And and, and so twice now, I've had people, I fed information to lawyers where there were uh, prosecutions pending against, one of them was Levi Lyon, the uh, entertainment director of HempFest. They confiscated his RVs, all right? And I helped him get off. I gave the information that his lawyers, and they, they filed it. Case dismissed. And then the other one is Sinjo Raylene Hall. She's a bud tender who accidentally served somebody underage. Now, it happened to be <laughs> that the agent, John Jung, who was her agent, he's cool. He's a whistleblower. All right. And I think he just resigned, by the way. His last day was the 19th. All right. He, he can't stand it. So what happened was I knew that he wasn't, he, I took his deposition by the way, in this case. And he's like, oh, well, no, we're not legal. He's like, I, I'm not gonna do this anymore. And everybody's worried about it. Okay, they know mm-hmm. that they're not legal. So if you bring it up, they'll drop the case, all right? So we're in federal court over this now. And um, it, it's like, you know, Inslee and Ferguson got popped. Also last month, there was a case involving um, the nomenclature of calling somebody an engineer. And that case, they basically made up a category for something that didn't exist. These right. guys are not engineers. And so right. and what? And I've used that case in the federal case now that's pending before a judge. They do
1: that uh, to pay them more, right? We'll call you yeah, an engineer, not, therefore you get more pay.
2: Probably. Uh, and the before you part, go
1: further on this too, this is one of those things where uh, you've seen in this state government, this governor uh, utilizing and weaponizing L&I. Department of Health and Services, Human Health Services, and the Liquor Control Board, I've heard many, many stories where they've used them as a police arm to penalize or shut down businesses, and it's like the, it is really um, like the mob, if you will, Um, and so uh, with the power that they control, and they're not supposed to have these policing agencies, they're not supposed to have the police powers, yet they're being deputized in a sense through the governor's actions. Um, So, you brought up something there. It's interesting.
2: Oh, yeah. I bring up a lot of something. I'll tell you that. (laughs) And these lawyers, the lawyers know that they can't really go there because that's going to really give them a hard time with their career if they actually Mm -hmm. go there. And that's why I had a hard time in my career, you know. But I I said, you know what? I'm not going back. You you have to.
0: The thing about you, Chris, is you got to do it right. You got that, you got that inside, you get that moral compass inside. You says, we're going to do the right thing, regardless of what the personal cost. you said, I got my dog, got my motorcycles and God bless you for motorcycles, but you guys (laughs) are the dogs, man. You have no life. Hey, we love Um, dogs. Yeah. I know. I was like, you can't have anything nice if you have a dog. So I told That's my wife, right. so because um, they're going to find it and they're going to put they're going to put the mouth on it and it's going to get hurt. But um, anyway, well, my dog
2: is a sweetheart, though I'm lucky. Both my dogs have been great. We, man. we were
0: well, we that. were laughing because my neighbors set up
2: uh,
0: all these lighted reindeer in their yard right for Christmas, mm. and one of the one of their uh, pit bulls come over and decided that it was time to go to the bathroom on one of the and that uh, reindeer don't, that reindeer don't light up no more. Uh,
1: uh, my my dog tonight literally just took his, his little collar off and chewed it up in pieces and laid it out in front of himself. So he goes, I don't want this.
0: I'm like, how'd you get that off, dude? They're <laughs> smart. Oh God. They're so wow. smart. Now, wow. now, motorcycles, on the other hand, that, you know, all three of us ride. So all three of us are, you know, we know yeah, that yeah, motorcycles right. yeah. are proof that God is good and that he loves us. Yeah, uh, so I, I have a question here, Doug, I, for you and just, for- I wanted to yeah, just yeah, finish up yeah, by saying- yeah. In one of the reasons I wanted to bring Chris back is the fact that he, of what he just said, you know, at personal cost, you know, yes. when you're doing the right thing will probably cost us something. But Chris, is it worth it? What is it worth it? That's the question I have for you. Absolutely. And yeah. why? Tell me why it's worth it.
2: Because I finally got a Hollywood contract. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) The payday came. (laughs) I mean, a
0: Hollywood contract is wonderful, and no, but congratulations. But
2: seriously, yeah, uh, I finally, and you know, that's a shorthand for saying that someone's finally hearing my voice Mm -hmm. in a way that will help me actually maybe one day retire. You know,
1: imagine that, right?
2: Imagine that, right? Right. So, you know, it's it's an honor. To be and the people I'm working with, and my writing partner, the people that we're working with are just beautiful. And you know, it's I would rather deal with the barracudas in Hollywood than deal with the barracudas wearing robes any day. Mm-hmm. Because once you have somebody with you in Hollywood, you know, if you have the right relationship, you're good,
1: okay? Like a made man almost, right? I love it. So, well,
2: I don't okay, about that, but you know, yeah, I, should, I know, but I, I follow up with that though, you know, uh, I, I should be comfortable and, and yeah. Be wearing this you know, uh, the sacrifices, like I say, if, if somebody, and eventually I think somebody will make a, a documentary about my life, it's crazy. And like I say, it, you know, it, it's going to be called The Fifedom. The
1: fiefdom. Okay.
2: Because even in press, even though my, my credentials are impeccable, like, no, I didn't write for the New York Times, but I wrote for the Indianapolis Star. I wrote for a daily. I edited it a weekly. I won civil rights trials. I've done all that stuff. I ran a title company for price for sakes. I mean, I don't know if that, I'm sorry if that offended you, but I mean, like for, for Christ's sake, so, you know, no, no T, just two S's. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like when, when I was in law school, I always did the Seinfeld. I was like, what are you talking about? You know, like this is ridiculous. You know, so I just look at it and I say, wow. You know, despite your acumen, you know, my law school was in top 50 at the time, you know, I despite all of that. To see the flack I've gotten in my career is incredible. And let me go back real quickly. I was going to tell you about the two black men. So Frank Cuthbertson is one of them. He was, uh, he still is an adjunct faculty member at Seattle Law. Okay. Another one, look up Brian Adamson, B-R-Y-A-N, Adamson, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He went to my law school, Case Western. He's back there now. He was a, 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 I think he was a tenured professor at Seattle Law. He's badass, all right? But he's, you know, he's on the right side of the tracks, mm-hmm. but he'll tell you, you know, he, he knows that he, I'm on this side of the tracks. You know, he knows that I know what I'm talking about. Right. So I wrote, I emailed both Brian and his honor about this at Seattle. I mean, and I was like, you guys look at this hot mess and you mm-hmm. know, it's not my fault. I didn't go looking for this trouble. This judge has is, issued a completely unprincipled decision to, uh, uh, to trample my First Amendment rights and my free press rights in an unwritten order. That, I know they're wrestling with that right now. So I wrote the law firm, by the way. Brandy B. Belanda is her name. Brandy B. Belanda with Savit. Savit is the law firm, S-A-V-I-T-T. I wrote okay. her. I said, hey, you guys, are you all going to be representing? I said, will you be repping? That's what we say, we say repping. We say, are, are you repping, uh, Her Honor, on my appeal and my motion for reconsideration? Or is she gonna just fend for herself on that one? And and I, I and then I guess no answer came back. And I said, I guess the potato is still baking in the oven, it's getting pretty hot. Nobody knows what to say.
0: <laughs> I like it. I
1: like it. Yeah. So so the, before the, our the, listeners, but Doug, I want to get this out go ahead. Uh, go ahead before bro. I finish. Uh, I know we're wrapping up before for those listening. Think about this. We started off with cannabis, the issue here, trying to get a meeting with Jenny Durkin. when Washington State through the Supreme court decision, basically legalized drugs, just period. I mean, you you can have three ounces of heroin on you. You can do whatever um, you've got grow operations across the state that are making tons of money when it comes to marijuana and cannabis and whatever. Um, why do you think that, that there, they made such a deal right now in the inner city in the black community uh, for these, these legal operations, I mean, they, when you've, in, in a nutshell, you have this thing where everybody, the common person would go, well, there's drugs everywhere. It's legal. Right. Uh, and yet there's a, a focus on this and a, and a struggle for black owners to get into the business.
2: Well, like I say, all goes right back to what happened in uh, Tulsa hundred years ago,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you
2: know, all goes right back to black wall street, We're black Negro. You can't have that. And that's, it's just the same thing uh, uh, perpetuated and perpetrated today. And you know, my mom, by the way, she was very much a civil rights person. My dad was too, but my mom, she was a um, she was the head admin, all right? Uh, she was a, a human resource specialist at GE. So, you know, big war company, right? My dad worked for a war company too, Diamond Shamrock. He's a chemist, all right? So, you know, I wasn't raised by no dummies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, you know, but mom, we used to read the paper together and she, she would like just, you know, Gosh, she saved all my civil rights cases when I used to be in the paper before the paper started saying, whoa, whoa, whoa let's let's just right. own him out. Right. But thank goodness she, she did that. I was too busy lawyering back in the 90s, you know, and, and she saved him. And thank goodness for that. But, uh, so, I, you know, I'd well, be like, oh, I can't prove that. I can't prove that. I can't prove I did that, you know.
1: Right. Follow up on that. Law school, educated man, educated family, done very well in life. Um, is it because the cannabis industry makes a lot of money? Is it because it, is that why is that a focus for something else?
2: It's control, It's money. I mean, it's, it's, it's everything. Like I, I also covered some stories that, that the major press wouldn't talk about, even though they hinted at it. Um, New York life, major bigots, they were involved in the slave trade a long time ago in America, right? New York life was just, they were hosing black men who would talk about helping their people generate, uh, generational wealth. Okay. Mm-hmm. which was what we typically don't have. All right. And, and, you know, um, they did things to, there were like three or four cases. I know a couple of them settled. All right. And I know that part of the agreement was you won't talk to Chris King again because they have, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, wow, you won't give him any money. You'll take your settlement and you'll go on your way. You won't talk to that guy again. All right. And I'm like, okay, don't worry. Don't worry.
1: If no, the part settlement out. is not to talk to you, then you must be dangerous to them. He okay. is dangerous. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: that's so been called a dangerous <laughs> black man. I'll tell you American tower corporation, last story, American tower corporation uh they wouldn't make me a, a high level manager but i was the guy who trained everybody Right? i was employee of the week one of the first ones back like uh, 20 years ago i was there right putting up towers i did the zoning and the uh, leasing i knew all that stuff right and uh i found that my employees were not being treated fairly my trainees were not getting overtime pay so i said hey you guys can we get a refrigerator and a copier back in the back room for my staff and by the way they're not being paid properly boom next thing you know I was out the door and they tried to flip some people who were my witnesses. They tried to flip this white girl named Anna in Nilovic. She was a lawyer too, but she was she, she's a Yugo, she's a European white girl. She wouldn't flip. She's like, no, Chris was right. Then they're like, okay, you're fired too. So, then, so they fire her. And we ended up like, oh, I was wild. We sue everybody we, we sued them. But meanwhile, I went to the Department of Labor. And I said, What about my trainees? What about that money? Guess what? Four hundred no three hundred eighty thousand dollars, which is nothing to them. But I was right. And So meanwhile, the staff, the, the one of the VPs, Jody Mitchell was her name. She called everybody together at lunch and said, "Hey, if you see uh, uh, a black guy about five ten out here, he's got a sob. He's got a black sob. He could be lurking around the grounds. He could be dangerous." And I'm like, "Whoa!" So they, she thought nobody would ever say that, you know. He's a dangerous black man, and there's video I had. We we we, we, re- we reenacted that. Okay, that's online. All right, before there was a YouTube, we did this, and so I'm like, wait a minute, you know, oh, you know, those dangerous sob driving black men.
1: Well, you yeah. know, the sob might be one. It might be a different story. I'm not sure, but you know. Well,
2: well you know, they're <laughs> you know they're born from born from jets, so I could have some weaponry in there.
1: That, well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they put the the engine in. I didn't see too many fast sobs back in the day, but still. Oh, yeah. oh, mine were. Oh Where'd man, right. Marty, you missed out.
0: Man, that Sob turbo, out. get out of here. Yeah, that's that was right. the yeah. car. You pop that
2: thing up. You give it a stage one or a stage two. Look, there we go. Walk, oh, I will walk a five liter Mustang on. A, I had on a,
0: a I had a friend oh, yeah. back in the in the uh, late nineties. Man, he collected those Saab really? turbos, man. That was his car. He had like five of them babies. And he's like, 12. nothing could touch him. Nothing
2: I've could had touch 12 Saabs. Oh, my gosh.
1: That's the total Saab story. I'm telling you. I'm that telling is. You, but I'm telling
2: so, <laughs> you. So, um, you know. That's <laughs> all I drive. Saab, BMW, Volkswagen. I, I have the BMW now. It's old as hell. It's, it's 32 years old. Runs like a top. It's a lot slower than the Saab. But it's it's a it's a, it's a real big It drives nice. Well, yeah. you gotta Listen have something when, says. It says, when you're not riding When you're bar.
0: not riding, we're not you're not riding a Kawasaki or something like that. You gotta have something to drive, man.
1: I get it. <laughs> so we, we will say this: Doug loves fighters. We both love fighters. You know the fact that you know you see something that needs to be addressed, needs to be fought. Yeah. You're not afraid to get into the fray and make the fight, which we we'll encourage our listeners to all the times. Like, look, we're. <laughs> Chris is like this brilliant lawyer type storyteller he's got a lot of things going on but everybody's got a talent they're in it they got an expertise they've got a skill set that they also know that look that doesn't look right I should do something about that and that's what right. and then try completely. and then
0: try and then try you yes. know like contact 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 Christopher King contact us let's find out you know Pacific justice Institute we've got all these guys out here that are that are willing to to do it if you'll stand up see the problem is and you kind of touched on that before chris in that you know people are afraid they're going to lose their job they're going to this this thing's going to go wrong they're going to get threatened you know this judge that that made this basically unconstitutional gag order didn't write it down didn't bother he was she was trying to uh, intimidate you hoping that you don't know what you're doing or whatever i'm a judge and and you know we respect authority and stuff like that but when When the authority steps out of bounds, then that's no longer
2: authority. And you're right. And that's so key with what happened with Lico's case, because as that goes forward, eventually when when we can be public about that, I'd love to join you and talk more about that because I'm not anti-cop. My first job was for a law enforcement agency. I was a law enforcement attorney. I'm anti-bad cop. Sure. Some of the information I got in Lico's case came from other cops who were like, we got to get rid of cops like him.
1: I think yeah. everybody's anti cop, aren't they? You know, good cops are against anti cop. You know, it should be right. Come on.
0: <laughs> yeah. We don't want, we don't want bad. I mean, we're anti bad people. We don't want bad yes. people doing bad things to other people. That's well, right. We're golden rule people do unto others, right? As you have them do unto you, that kind of thing. Let's, I'm let's, let's that. yeah. And, and, um, so what I'm excited about is that, you know, we, we, we find guys like, like Chris and they're not, you know, they're not as rare. As we might think, because people will do this in their, in a quiet way. Like, you know, when I uh, met Carl with a K last week, he's a lineman down in, in uh, Seattle power. And he's telling me, Hey, that, you know, I don't want to get this vaccination. Um, They made a accommodation for me, but no, no, an exemption, but no accommodation. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Right. So now he's being forced to take vacation pay right? He, 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 he works in a one man bucket truck. He ain't near nobody. He, he not six feet, not 60 feet, not right. 600 feet. He's not going to get himself
1: else. sick. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, um, and you know, I, he was, he was at this thing, the freedom flyers thing at, at, uh, the Seattle airport a few days ago, I was down there and, you know, and this guy's willing to fight, you know, and people are willing to fight. And so you can't, maybe you can't, didn't go to law school like Chris did. Maybe you don't have a radio show like Doug and Marty, but everybody has their, their, their place where they can make a stand and they can do something. And then we can find people like Chris and we can get behind them. We can say, hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. That ain't right. And I, and I think we need, to, we need to say something and we need to be part of that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny how um, people don't go to courts. You know, you, most of the courtrooms you go, they're empty, right? There's nobody in yeah. there. And so when you put a camera in there, you make it available. And you make it so people can see what's up. And yeah. sometimes people need to see what's up because they think it's Perry mm-hmm. Mason. But which, it is,
2: which is, by the way, one of the craziest things is that, you know, federal courts forever are still, they hardly, you can't walk into federal court with a camera. Yeah. Like, why is that? It's yeah. crazy.
1: Especially yeah. in this day and age, everything's digital, everything's alive. Everything is, you know, instantaneous, right? Yeah. And there's
2: two levels too, okay? Even if you have like static uh, footage in a courtroom, they ain't the same as me walking in with my camera, you know, and pointing it yeah. at See, yeah, They want I to get agree. rid of that.
0: It is. How can people get a get a hold of you, Chris?
2: Oh, gosh. Uh, email K-I-N-G-C-A-S-T 955, like my triumph, at gmail. Oh, no, no, at iCloud.com.
0: At it's iCloud.
2: 955 at iCloud is the easiest way.
0: Well, hey, thanks for being our guest today. Chris, it's a great to see you again and hear you and uh, and uh, see what you're up to.
2: Well, it, that's it, it for I, today. Also, my Facebook is Kinkcast also. Try to try to look, uh, it should work under KingCast to be able to find it.
0: All right, everybody, it. this is Marty McClendon. And Doug Bassler, this is Doug and Marty versus the world. See you next time. Happy holidays.
2: Peace. Our.